0: Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We are glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message.
1: First Samuel chapter 3, we're reading from verse number 1. The Bible tells us that, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the lord was precious in those days there was no open vision and it came to pass at that time when eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see and ere the lamb of god went out in the temple of the lord where the ark of god was and samuel was laid down to sleep and the lord called samuel and he answered here i am now from this verse of the scripture we see a description of the prevailing condition of israel okay so you prevailing condition of the, of, the, of the nation of Israel. And what was that condition? The Bible tells us that there was a scarcity of word. Scarcity of the word of God. The Bible tells us that and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. Which means there was a scarcity of the word of God at that time. Number two, we saw that there was no open vision. In other words nobody could see anything. The Bible said that not just that the word of God was scarce, it said well, the word of God was precious, but there was no open vision. So there was a word of, there was a scarcity of the word of God, there was no open vision. Number 3 and leadership was failing. Leadership in the nation of Israel at that time was failing. The Bible says Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes were dim. In other words, here was a man who was supposed to have spiritual vision. Here was a man who was supposed to see into the future. Here was a man who was supposed to be the one that would be giving instruction to the nation. Leading them in the instructions of the Almighty God. He had the same man already. His vision was failing. He could no longer hear. So there was no discarsity of the word of God. There was no open vision. The leadership was failing. Number three, the presence of the Almighty God was departing from the temple. If you look at the verse of this, the Bible tells us that in verse number three, it said the Lamb of God went out in the temple where the Ark of Covenant was. The, 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 lamb, the That particular lamb was supposed to signify the presence of the Almighty God. And the Bible makes us to understand that that particular lamb was supposed to burn continually in the temple. And in this particular time, in the history of the nation of Israel, that lamb that was supposed to be burning continually was already going out which means the presence of the Almighty God was already getting out of that place. And then finally, you'll find that because the Lamb of God was going out, because leadership was failing, because there was no open vision, because of the scarcity of the Word of God, you will find out that, that even the nation, there was what is called apathy. People no longer cared. Because all these things were falling apart, people no longer cared. And we saw that even in the temple, the man that was there, a young boy who was supposed to be emulating the leadership was also going to sleep when the pastor is sleeping. Almost members of the church will be sleeping too. Because that's what is happening here. The Bible says that this man, what do you call it? Uh, in verse number two, Eli was laid down in his place. And by the time you get to verse number four, uh, what do you call it? Uh, by the time you go there also, you find somewhere was also about to go to bed because his boss was already sleeping. So you find out that when there is a scarcity of the word of God, open vision become the, uh, there was no open vision. Leadership because started failing. The love of God started going out. The nation will go into apathy. They won't care about the things of God anymore people will fall asleep, okay? In other words, the presence of the almighty God that was supposed to hold the people together, when that thing is not there, when there's nobody to tell the people of God what they need to know, when there is no open vision, when there is the word of God is not coming forth, you will find that the nation will begin to drift into what? Drift into whatever the, the enemy will want them to drift into. And that is what you see. That is what was happening in the nation of Israel at that point in time. The question is, how did they get to that point? Because one thing I tell people is that backsliding does not happen overnight. It's a gradual process. For those of us living here in this part of the world, we might not understand power failure. Except, of course, when it rains and there's thunderstorm. But in the neck of the wood, where we come from, power failure is a normal thing. And we use what is called ceiling fan. Okay? When you turn on the ceiling fan and there is a power failure and you don't have the light bulbs on, you just have the ceiling fan rotating. What you find is that once the light goes off, the ceiling fan will still be turning. Anybody who walks into that room will, if, and you don't know that there's a power failure, you still see the fan turning. The only thing is that it's only for a while because there is nothing powering it anymore. And before you know what's happening, it's a question of time. It will stop going. And that's what happened when the light goes out. When there is no open vision, when leadership begins to fail, when the lamp of God begins to get out of the temple of the Almighty God, that is what happened. The presence of the Almighty God departs, the nation goes into apostasy. And that is what happened. But the question is, how did the nation of Israel get there, you get to this point? Go back to First uh, Samuel chapter 2. If you start reading from verse number twelve, the Bible tells us something there. It says, now the sons of Eli were the sons of Belial." They knew not the Lord. Why is that verse important? It's important because these same guys are the ones who are supposed to be the pastors. They were supposed to be the leaders. They were supposed to be the priests. They were supposed to be the people who were ministering in the house of God. And the testimony of scripture concerning these pastors at that time was that they were sons of Belial. They did not even know the Lord. Yet they were serving in the house of God. No wonder the presence of the Almighty God departed from the house of God, because the people who were doing the service were not even connected to him in the first place, so how did they get there number one, look at verse number 12 verse, verse number 12 of 1 Samuel chapter 2 now the sons of Eli were the sons of Bela, they did not know the Lord, verse number 22, now Eli was very old and he heard that that uh, and he heard all that his son did unto all Israel and, they, uh, and how they laid with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation these guys were me these guys were something else. They were not just sons of Belial. They actually defiled the temple of the Almighty God. No wonder the, the light, the lamp of God was going out in the temple. Because when you are committing adultery right at the footstep of the church, that's how you get there. Now, if you look at verse number 29, the Bible says, now, sorry, verse number 27, then a man of God came to Eli and said unto him, Thus says the Lord, did I not clearly reveal myself to the house of, house of your fathers when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? Did I not choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer, up, to offer upon my, uh, upon my altar, to burn incense and to wear an effort before me? Did I not give to the house of your father all the offerings of the children of Israel made by fire? Why did you kick at my, at my sacrifice and my offering, which I have Commanded in all my dwelling places and honor your sons more than me, and to make yourself fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Therefore the Lord said to Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I say, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father will walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, Far be it from me, for thus, for those who honor me, I will I will honor, and those who despise me, they shall be held, they shall be lightly esteemed Basically, the Lord was saying that, Eli, you knew the condition of your sons. You knew what was happening to these kids. You knew what they were doing. People were telling you that these guys were messing up my house. They were stealing from my house. If you read that same chapter, the Bible says that when people brought offering and they were bringing, they were going to offer bond sacrifice to the Almighty God. The, 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 the sons of Eli will say, no, give me the fat before you bond your offering. Under normal condition, they will burn the offer, Whatever is left, they will take. He said, "No, you give me the fat, and if they do not give it to them, the Bible tells us that they will take it by force." So these were guys. These guys were not just—they were not just uh, this thing. They were not just uh, uh, sons of Bela. They were thugs in the house of God, and that was how Israel got to where they got to. And you find that the same thing is happening in the midst of the people of God. The Bible is telling us basically that when. It's telling us that when you you know, the part of the reasons why Israel got to where they got to was number one because of the corrupt priesthood. Our nation and our families and our communities are the way they are right now because of corrupt leadership, because of corruption in the pulpit, from corruption from this pulpit, from pulpits generally. When you see the men of God who are supposed to be the people of God, declaring the word of God but they are not being truthful to the word of God that they have received. That is how Israel got to where they were. Number two, they got to where they were because they disregarded the things of God. Look at verse number 29. The Bible says, why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded you in my dwelling place? In other words, they were treating the offerings of the Almighty God just anyhow. Number three, they got to where they got to because they dishonored the Almighty God. The Bible said that Eli was who had more honor for his son than he had for the Almighty God. Number four, they got to where they were because they were stealing from the table of the Almighty God. The Bible said they make themselves fat with the best of the offering of the people of Israel. That is verse number 29. And then finally, they got to where they got to because they defiled the temple of the living God. That was what was going on at that time. And the interesting thing is that anywhere this kind of behavior is found, either in the life of an individual, either in the in the, in the church of God, either in the family, either in the community or in a nation, anywhere this kinds of behavior is found, anywhere there's corruption in the pulpit, anywhere there's a disregard for the things of God, anywhere God is dishonored, anywhere there's a stealing from the, order, from the table of the Almighty God, anywhere the temple is defiled, the presence of the Almighty God departs from such places. And the heaven over that particular place Will be closed. And that is what made Israel, brought Israel to where they are. The question then is, what happens when these conditions exist in the life of an individual? What happens when the presence of the Almighty God departs? What happens when the temple is defiled and nobody cares about you? What happens in the life of an individual, a family, or a church when these kinds of things happen? That is what we found in that was what, that's what we read about in the first, in, in, in the first, uh, first three two, uh, verses of First Samuel chapter 3. The Bible says, Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. The word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass that when Eli was laid down in his place, his eyes began to wax dim and he could not see. And ere the Lamb of God went out of the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, and the Lord called Samuel and He said, Here I am. What is the result when the Lord departs? Number one, you'll find when there is a closed heaven, over a life, over a family, over the church, the first thing you are going to notice, is that there's going to be scarcity in that life. When the Lord depart from the life of anybody, when the Lord depart from a family, when the Lord depart from a church, when the Lord depart from a community, when the Lord depart from a nation, there is always going to be a scarcity. The Bible tells us, he said the word of the Almighty God was precious in those days. In other words, there was a great scarcity. Because the word of almighty was not there. So that's the first thing you see. You look into your life. Is there a scarcity in any area? You look into your family. Is there a scarcity in any area? You look into your, your, your our community. Is there scarcity? Check very well. You'll find out that the word of God is lacking in that particular place. Any area where you find scarcity in our life, in our family, if you check it very well, the word of God is not richly dwelling in that particular area. When the word of God is absent, when the word of God is not present, when the heaven over a life is closed, scarcity results. Number two, when the heavens are closed over an individual, visions and revelation will cease in the life of that person. Why would the Lord speak to you when the heaven is closed? That was what happened to Israel. The nation of Israel at that point in time, the heavens were closed. As such, there was no vision, there's no revelation. And that is why you see an individual go over and over and they will tell you they don't dream. They say they do not dream. They can't remember. Even when they dream, they cannot remember. A person who sleeps for a whole week and does not dream, that person is a danger because, number one, when the enemy is about to punish that person, he doesn't know. When God is about to bless that person, he doesn't even know because there is not all the monitors just like this that have been covered and the person cannot see. The Bible makes us to understand that when the heavens are closed, visions and revelation will cease. Number three, when the heavens are closed, uh, spiritual perception become diminished. You don't know when God is moving. You don't know when God is talking. You don't know when the enemy is about to hurt you. You don't know when anything is happening. Your spiritual monitors have gone blank. When the heavens are closed, spiritual perception is diminished. When the heavens are closed, the presence of God departs. And that's why your prayers appear, it's as if your prayer is hitting the ceiling and coming back to you. When you are praying, is that you don't feel the presence of the Almighty God anymore. When you are praying, is that the word of God doesn't make sense anymore. When the heavens are closed... Presence of God depart. When the heavens are closed, apathy sets in. And when the heavens are closed, destinies are aborted. When the heavens are closed, why are destinies aborted? You will find that the Bible tells us when that man of God came to Eli, he said the Lord's intention for the house of Eli was that they were going to continue to serve in his presence forever. But at this point in time, because the heavens over the life of Eli and his family is now closed, uh, that particular prophecy has not been, has not been reversed. The promise has not been reversed. It's not been given to another person, which is the person called Samuel. So when the heavens over an individual is closed, apathy, the, the, the destiny of that person becomes diverted. Our destiny will not be diverted in the name of Jesus. And then finally, when the heavens over an individual is closed, judgment always follows. Because the Lord is about to tell you, change, 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 and you're not changing. The next thing you'll find is that the judgment of the Almighty God comes upon that individual. The question is, why are we talking about this? Because that's not where I'm going this evening. Why are we talking about this particular closed heaven? The reason we're talking about the closed heaven is because if you're going to make progress in this new year, if you're going to enjoy the things that God has in store for you, if you're going to go from where you are to where you need to be in the presence of the Almighty God, you need to live under an open heaven. You need to live under the open heaven where you are able to hear the voice of God. Where you are able to enjoy interaction with the Almighty God. Where you are able to enjoy all that God has in store for you. Where you are able to have constant fellowship with Him. A man who wants to move further in life, especially in this new year, must be a person who lives and operates under open heaven. That's why we're talking about it. Now, please understand, it is very good for you to have a goal. It is very good for you to plan for your life and to be able to implement that goal. It is very important for you to be focused on your objective in life. To pursue your dream. To do the things that you are supposed to do. To surround yourself with the right set of people. To work effectively at reaching your goal. But it is most important to remain under a hope in heaven. That's why the Bible says that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. When you are abiding under the shadow of the Almighty God, everything changes. The reason is because the Bible tells in the book of Psalm 127, in verse number one of it, it says, Except the Lord builds the house. They do what? They labor in vain. They try to build it. Except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. In other words, all your plan, all your work, all your association, all your connection, they are useless if the Lord is against you. Everything that you try to do by the arm of the flesh, except your almighty God is there to be able to make it happen for you, you are simply wasting your time. And that is why a man who wants to move forward, the woman who wants to get to the place that God has assigned for him this year, must be that particular person that operates under an open heaven. That is why we are talking about it. The question is, why must you live and operate under open heaven? Before I begin to tell you that, you need to understand what open heaven means. When I talk about the fact that a man is living under open heaven, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the awareness of the nearness of God to you i'm talking about the sense of the presence of your mighty god to you i'm talking about the ability to understand the clarity of thought, the clarity of vision the clarity of mind the clarity of purpose on the, that the lord almighty gives to you when you are clear to him i'm talking about you operating under the influence of heaven you're not operating under the influence of the people or, or the world or the spirit that is around you you are walking you are in tune with the spirit of god that's what it means when they say the heavens are open unto you in other words you have access to the spirit of the Almighty God to minister directly to you. So why must you then operate under that? Why must you not operate under that open heaven? You operate under that open heaven because you get the right perspective for life when the heavens are open unto you. Look at the book of Genesis 28. In Genesis 28, the Bible tells us that, that Isaiah, Jacob was running away from his brother. And as he was running away from his brother, he got to a particular place. When he got there, the eyes, his eyes were open. The Bible said he fell asleep, slept or used a stone for a pillow, and the heavens were open. And as soon as heaven was open, what happened? They gave him a revelation. He saw himself in a different perspective. He saw the plan of God for his life. He saw the things that God had in store for him. When the heavens are open unto you, the reason why you must live under that open heaven is because 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 it gives you the right perspective to life. You are able to see things the way they are. You are able to understand things the way they are. When you are constantly living under the open heaven. When you are constantly in communion with the Almighty God. When you are constantly seeing according to the living of the Spirit. When you are seeing things the way the Spirit are. The way they really are. It gives you a different perspective. That's why you need to live under open heavens. Because when you are sitting in a place. And the Lord is saying wait. By by you know by by the middle of the year I'm going to give you a promotion. You will find that that you will not resign by June. You will not resign in May. You will not resign in April because you already know the Lord has given you an idea of this is what is going to happen. But if you don't know what happens is that maybe by the, by May 30th that's when you put in your resignation and you walk away. You begin to lose the blessings that God has in store for you. I can tell you testimonies of people who resign at the wrong time, but I wouldn't go into that. But the point we are making is that when you live under open heaven, you get the right perspective from the Almighty God. Number two, the reason why you must live under open heaven is because the voice of the Almighty God becomes clear when you are under open heaven. Bible tells in the book of Ezekiel chapter 1. Ezekiel chapter 1, reading from verse 26. The Bible said, the radiant one, the Almighty God appeared in the midst of the four living creatures and the fire of God. Ezekiel saw the manifest, the manifest dimension of the glory of God resulting in worship and the release of the penetrating voice of the Almighty God. He heard the voice of God when the heavens were open. The same thing happened to Isaiah. The Bible said that in Isaiah chapter 6, it said that the year that King Uzziah died, it said that is when he saw the heaven. The heavens were open unto him and he was able to see the Almighty God. The same thing happened to Lord Jesus Christ. The heavens were open and he was able to receive a clear manifestation, a clear a divine commissioning to tell him that this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. The point I'm making is that when the heavens are open, number one, you get the right perspective. When the heavens are open, number two, you hear the voice of the Almighty God. When the Almighty God speaks into your life it changes everything. Number three when the heavens are open, the reason why you must live under open heaven is because you have a divine affirmation. The Lord tells you where you are doing something right and it tells you where you are doing something wrong. It tells you where you are positioned and it tells you where you are not properly positioned. It tells you where you are standing in the right place and it tells you where you are not standing in the right place. That is what happened to somebody like Elijah. Elijah was running away and the Lord Almighty opened unto him and Lord sorry, Elijah what are you doing here? In other words, this is not where you are supposed to be. You can only hear that when you are living under open heaven. And then you have what is called a divine commissioning. That was what happened to Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 3, reading from verse number 16. The Bible said, the spirit of the Almighty God descended upon him. And the voice of God opened. And he said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. That is when the heavens were opened and the dove descended upon him. When the heavens are open, you receive what is called divine commissioning. When you live under open heaven, you have what is called a clear vision. That was what happened to somebody like, uh, like Stephen. The Bible says they were storing him, the heavens were open, and he was able to see the Lord Jesus Christ sitting on the right side of the Almighty God. What we're saying in the heaven, what we're saying in essence is that when you live under open heaven and you are constantly in communion with the Almighty God, it gives you a clear revelation. You see things the way they truly are. You see your situation for the way it truly is number five when you live under open heaven what you find is that divine encounter will begin to happen in your life that was what happened to saul of tarsus the bible tells in the book of acts of the after the apostles chapter 9. it says jesus as, 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 as Saul of tarsus was traveling the heavens were open he encountered the almighty god the light shone around him he fell down and he heard the voice of the almighty god only those who live in the you live under open heaven have what is called a divine encounter Number six, when you have a divine encounter, the Lord gives you instruction as to when to speak and to who to speak to. That was what happened to Peter. The Bible tells us that as he was praying, the heavens were open. He saw the, he saw a vision of a sheet that was coming from heaven and he knew he was supposed to preach to the Gentiles. When you are living under open heaven, when you live under open heaven, visions of things to come begin to happen to you. And that's what happened to the book of John. John chapter 4, reading from verse 1 and 2, the Bible said the door was open and they was able to see what was going on in the Spirit. That is why you and I, in this year, we need to strive to live under open heaven. Because when you live under open heaven, there is what is called blessing. When you live under open heaven, there is provision. When you live under open heaven, there is abundance. When you live under open heaven, there is prosperity. There is fulfillment of destiny. There is a fulfillment of promise. Things fall in pleasant places for you when you live under open heaven. The question is, how then do you operate under open heaven? How do you position yourself so that you are constantly in the presence of the Almighty God? How do you do it? The first thing you do is this. It requires what is called a proper alignment. Okay? It A proper alignment with the Almighty God. Matthew chapter 6, reading from verse 33, the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and every other thing shall be added unto you. Okay? Thank you. Every other thing shall be added unto you. How do you live under open heaven? Number one, it requires proper alignment. Align yourself with the Almighty God. In other words, you do the things that make Him happy, you stay away from the thing that doesn't make Him happy. Align yourself properly with the Almighty God and He will minister to you. Number two, you create, you cultivate His presence. What do you mean by cultivating his presence? It means that you are aware of his presence. You are aware that he's there. You are aware when he's speaking to you. You are aware when his spirit, spirit is moving. You are aware when he's not happy. You are sensitive to what the spirit is doing at that point in time. You, number You the, the first thing is, align yourself. Number two, cultivate his presence. Number three, remain holy and pure in his presence. The Bible says, I am God, I am holy. Say, Be ye holy, just like the Lord God Almighty is holy. So the eyes of the Almighty God is so pure that he cannot behold iniquity. In other words, there are certain things that God will do and certain things he will not do. When he sees, when he sees anything that is, that is defiling, he will not look at it. And if you are going to operate, if you are going to continue to align yourself, if you are going to remain under open heaven, holiness and purity has to be a part of your life. Number four, there has to be a readiness to obey the voice of the Almighty God. You cannot stay under the open heaven if you are disobedient. It's not going to happen. You cannot make. You cannot top your nose to the Almighty God and expect Him to continue to give you instruction. It's not going to happen. So, for you to be able to continue to operate under open heaven, there has to be a readiness to obey, a willingness to yield, not to keep struggling with the Almighty God. The Lord is telling you to sit down. You want to stand up. He's asking you to stand up. You want to sit down. And you think He's going to continue to talk to you? It's not going to happen. And then number six, there has to be a, have to be a habit of prayer. A man who is open to talk to the Almighty God. A man who is willing to talk to the Almighty God. A man who is ready to talk to the Almighty God. That is the person that lives under open heaven. And then finally, a person who develop a listening ear. Patience and development of the listening ear. In other words, you are not in a hurry in his presence. You are not willing to run away from his presence. You are willing to sit down and say, Lord, speak for your servant is listening. Not the other way around because that's what we do in the church right now. We say, Lord, listen because your servant is speaking. But the Lord is saying that if you are going to live on that open heaven, there has to be a listening ear. You have to come to the point where you say, Lord, speak for your servant is listening. That is how Samuel was able to hear from the Almighty God. The, 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 the thing is that as we, as we, as we do all these things, there has to be that, you know, you begin to grow in a heightened awareness of the presence of the Almighty God. It's just like a friend that you begin to walk with. The more you walk with that friend, the more you can tell the way they behave. The more you can tell the things they like. The more you can tell the things that they don't like. If they are speaking in a room, without you seeing them, you can know that they are the person speaking. If they they pass you, if they wear a particular kind of cologne, you can tell that this particular person has just passed by because you can recognize their cologne. Even when they are talking to you on the phone and they are just woken up and they have like a frog in their throat, you will still know that they are the one talking. Because you have been so close to them, you now understand how it is that is what it means when you walk with the Almighty God when you do all these things you become aware of his presence you become sensitive to his presence you become understand you understand when the spirit is moving you know when the Almighty God is doing things that was what happened to Peter the Bible says that after Jesus Christ resurrected and they went out fishing and after they toiled all night they couldn't catch anything Jesus said Troy, put your net on the side or the other side of the boat and when they did and they pulled ah Peter said no it is the Lord how? Because he have had experience with the Lord. Because he has had a dealing with the Almighty God. He have had, you know, his calling on that experience. The same thing, when you dwell constantly under the presence of the Almighty God. When you are always under the shadow of the Almighty God. When, it, when the spirit of the Almighty God is moving, you can tell immediately. But it takes cultivating. It takes remaining in his presence. It takes holiness, it takes obedience, it takes proper alignment, it takes surrenderedness, it takes yieldedness to be able to walk with him. And if we are going to move forward in this year that we are in right now, if we are going to see all that God has promised in our life and see them fulfilled in our life, in our family and in this church, we must be ready to live under his presence, under the open heaven, because that is where the Lord Almighty will visit his people.
0: Thank you very much for listening to our program today.